Hello, and welcome to Dissecting Philosophy with Dr. McDonald. In this episode, is a special episode where I'll be having a discussion about what is philosophy and introducing people to the topic of philosophy in a very much easy to understand and easy to digest manner. So if you've never done it before or you need a little refresher, it's always a great idea to cover the basics in a very general and fun way so everybody can touch base and get a good understanding of exactly what the topic is talking about. So I'll be talking about the role of knowledge in philosophy, how to arrive at correct knowledge, what's an apprenticeship and how do we learn in a correct way when we do philosophy and having some fun examples as well as we go through. So let's get started then. So what is philosophy? So the word philosophy comes from the ancient Greek words of philo and Sophia. So it's, if you ultimately take the word and break it into two halves for philosophy, so the philo part and the Sophia part, what exactly does those mean? Philo means love and the second half, Sophia, means knowledge or wisdom. So a philosophy is a love of knowledge and a philosopher is a lover of knowledge. And being knowledgeable is to be wise and we ultimately think of people in an everyday sense of having great wealth of knowledge as being very wise and intellectual. And so good contemporary examples of that would be, let's say, some scientists like Stephen Hawking, fantastic physicist, and also we could say historically as well, Einstein, Newton, and lots of other different examples of people who you just ultimately awe-inspired by the knowledge that they have. And so then moving on from the concept of philosophy to the role of knowledge in philosophy. So what is knowledge, we can say? So our everyday knowledge is based upon facts or general knowledge. So it's split into the two between this is how things work and this is how things generally are. So facts seek to establish an absolute certainty about an aspect of our knowledge. This is the way it is, such as a fact is that the earth revolves around the sun. Good Copernicus example. But of course, the problem with facts is that they're not something that's always going to be true and can be challenged. And of course, prior to Copernicus and Galileo, they previously thought that it was true that all planets revolved around the earth because the earth was God's creation and therefore perfect. Everything has to revolve around it. And that's how come Galileo get into so much bother and so much trouble as well with the church is because you're ultimately calling into question God's creation and the perfection of the world to say, well, it doesn't revolve around earth. It actually revolves around the sun. But despite how much you can put up an argument for it revolves around the earth, it's just not true. It's around the sun. But the whole point about 
facts as well is that we try to establish given certainty for certain things and then that will be subject to change so then we can say well okay we can't have facts basically as a way in which we can establish certainty for our knowledge what can else we can base things upon what about general knowledge and so general knowledge is where certain aspects of our knowledge is accepted as generally true but then again the problem is that our general knowledge is not always true and an example of that is in Noah's Ark in which we have the biblical example of Noah and the flood and Noah building the ark in order to take the animals on board two by two so they'll survive so a male and a female of each animal taken aboard the ark famous idea from the story as well but is it actually true no it's not because we have a fantastic tv show in the uk called qi and they have this round called the general ignorance round where they basically take things that are held to be true within our aspects of general knowledge and show them to be completely wrong and for Noah's Ark example they did exactly that as an example because as it said within the TV show it's not at all two by two but rather as it says there's actually that clean beasts are to be taken by seven whilst it's actually the unclean that's only to be taken by two so it's that sort of sense of at some given point everything was separated into two but that's not the case it's actually clean is seven and unclean is two so then we can have a good question about how can we then arrive at a correct knowledge about things because we have the problem with facts and general knowledge is that they can be disproven and so are not always true so what does philosophy seek to do is that it seeks to establish how we can arrive at a correct knowledge of the world and a common theme to philosophy is then to move away from an uncertain basis to an absolute an absolutely certain basis for our knowledge and for many philosophers the way in which we arrive at this absolute certainty is through an apprenticeship and then great question of course then what is exactly apprenticeship it's to learn about a correct way of thinking and an example of that is of course students go to college or university in order to learn about a specific methodology in order to arrive at the truth so let's say for instance it's history within history you'll be taught very much the specifics about document analysis how to look for bias and so on or within English literature you'll be taught specifically how to analyze the text or within poetry how to break down the stanzas of each section and analyze them and the same for the sciences and so on each one will have a specific method that will teach you in order for you to arrive 
at how to understand something and arrive at the truth. And then this enables us to also think for ourselves and apply that method that we've learned to various different aspects of life that we encounter. So you basically use that method as a tool that you can then adapt to various different instances that you'll pop up and that you'll encounter. And a great example, of course, it doesn't have to be from college or university students as well. It can be something like an apprentice car mechanic in the sense of an apprentice mechanic has to learn about the various different aspects of the car and what makes it work and so forth in order to fix it for people when it doesn't. And the same thing for a doctor has to learn about the body in order to then correctly diagnose what exactly is wrong within people. But then we could say, okay, that's all well and good. We've got a nice idea about apprenticeship and learning different methods and techniques for things. But why exactly does it mean to be an apprentice philosopher? And we could say to that question, well, to be an apprentice in philosophy is to learn about a philosopher's concepts. Because in learning about a philosopher's concepts, we learn about how they view the world. And then from that, we can learn how we can then arrive at true knowledge. And it's one of the most brilliant things as well as frustrating things about philosophy is that each given person that you will look at has their own very specific way of understanding things. And, and not two people will share exactly the same view as each other. So let's say, for instance, you have the concept of the soul in Plato and Aristotle and Descartes and so on. Each given instance will differ from everybody else's. But that's also what makes it so great as well, because you're never going to get the same thing twice. And it's always have that fresh outlook and fresh perspective as well. And what makes it so great is that each person has their own different method and approach and view for how to understand things as well. And then we can go into the ideas then of school and schools of thought within history as well, into the whole idea of that various different philosophies throughout time have had followers sort of defending a general sort of thematic outlook or approach within their methodologies and outlooks. And so some examples of that is from ancient Greek philosophy. We have Epicureanism, all coming from around the philosophy of Epicurus. Aristotelians based around the whole philosophy of Aristotle. Then in more modern philosophy, schools based around the philosophy of René Descartes called Cartesianism, based around the whole 17th century. Then in the 19th into the 20th century as well, we've got the whole school of thought of phenomenology based around that of philosopher Edmund Husserl. So within given periods in time as well in history, we have specific groups that you can identify, sort of all argue for a specific approach. But what's also going to be great within each given person you're going to look at is even though they're going to potentially argue for an approach 
each person's still going to vary within each person you look at for how you go about it. And that's what's so fantastic as well, is that not one person really wholeheartedly ever agrees with another person, and that you'll have fantastic arguments throughout history as well between people. But that's all the whole spice of life as well. That's what makes it up and which makes it so rewarding as well as a subject is that it goes into such various different outlooks, approaches. And so some good places as well, some good websites to have a look at for people is uh, the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, which is plato.stanford.edu. So plato.stanford.edu. And that's completely all peer-reviewed, which means that it's all a bunch of academics reviewing exactly what's been said within each given topic or philosopher or concepts and ideas and so on. And so it's very much can be used within essays and very much digestible at times as well. And another great encyclopedia website is the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy, which is www.iep.utm.edu. And also just a great website in general for just finding things as well, for just even getting the first few parts of books and secondary sources that are all being written on people and philosophers is just Google Books, which is just books.google.com because you can look through tons of previews as well to see if you like what's being said. And just great sources just to check out are precisely those written by academics, sort of the introduction guides to people, as well as there's a great wee book series called A Very Short Introduction to Hoover is Nietzsche, Kierkegaard, Plato, so on, and all written very small wee books that are quite inexpensive as well. And they're only about a couple of hundred pages long, so they're really nice, easy to digest, and give you a good little insight into exactly whoever it is that you're having a look at at the same time. So then to wrap up, we can say that philosophy is a love of knowledge. Through an apprenticeship, we overcome uncertain knowledge and move towards certainty. And then various different philosophers have different methods in which we can arrive at truth and precisely depends on whoever you want to analyze Plato, Aristotle, Nietzsche, Kierkegaard and so on they'll all be establishing their own different ways for arriving at certainty but also what's great as well is you can always try and think about and critically reflect upon what you're reading at the same time and never to just completely take what they say at face value and always try to raise problems in your own mind and try to be critical about what you're reading. Many thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed this special episode for an introduction to philosophy. Feel free to drop me an email at my address, dissectingphilosophy at gmail.com, and I can also be found on Twitter at I am a rubber man. Many thanks for listening, and I'll hope you'll join me next time.